0: Super Talk Mississippi media production.
1: This is Gerard Gibbert, and thank you for listening to Middays here on Super Talk Mississippi.
0: Welcome to Real Talk for real
2: Mississippians. Let's do this.
0: Welcome to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. And now... Here's Gerard Gibbert.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the JT Show, Super Talk, Mississippi. Gerard and Rhino in the studio on this. Friday Eve. Yes, indeed. It is. And it is the day, of course, after the president addressed the nation in a joint session of Congress, as is customary. Big Joe comes out, spoke for over an hour. Hour, 10, 15 minutes. Something like that, huh? It was wild. Uh, So... I told everybody yesterday I would take one for the team, and I did. I endured every waking minute of it. And I say waking because it was hard to stay awake, not to be confused with woke. Which, by the way, James Carville, (laughs) all them woke people, they need need to go back to sleep. (laughs) That's what he said. So, all right, we're going to analyze... But let's talk about the program today. We've got at 1020, it is World Wish Day today. Craig Peter Hansen with the Make-A-Wish Board. He's a member of the board and also a wish-granter volunteer. He's in the studio. He'll talk about ways that Mississippians can help make wishes come true for kids across the state and what it means to the wish kids and their families. Looking forward to that. And then at 1105, Representative Trey Lamar represents District 8 up there in North Mississippi. Trey is the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee in the House. We get an update from him on Initiative 65, that lawsuit. We might hear something today. That is
3: the scuttlebutt.
1: Yeah. So we'll get uh, Trey's thoughts on Initiative 65, and also we'll talk about the 2021 session, all Cine died and in the books now, and uh, get his uh, his uh, thoughts about what may be coming up in the 2022 session and what those those guys up there in the legislature are doing in the off-season, so to speak, when they're out of session. There's a lot of planning and discussion in preparation for the coming session that does occur when they're not in session. Uh, so we'll get some thoughts from Trey. Looking forward to that. And then uh, coming up after the noon break at 12.05, Grant Callen, our friend, the, the chairman, the CEO, I should say, of Empower Mississippi. And Grant will give us a, a little update on SB 2795, that the recently enacted criminal justice uh, legislation. That's uh, really parole reform. We should be more specific that the governor recently signed into law, I think on the last day, if I'm not mistaken, last Thursday. And uh, also we'll get some update on Grant, what he thinks about the risk of our our prisons uh, falling under federal control, conservatorship. But we'll, we'll talk to Grant about the organization in general, what its uh, objectives and mission are, and how it stands with respect to achieving those, uh, fundraising, the organizational changes that have occurred over the last year at Empower, and then a really cool event coming up. We'll let Grant tell us about that as well, coming up, I think, in June, if I'm not mistaken. So anyhow, packed show today. On top of that, we had the president addressing the nation, and then there was a rebuttal from none other than Senator Tim Scott, the South Carolinian. He did an excellent job. His speech was about 15 minutes. He pretty much laid it on the line. In fact, he shared his thoughts about the situation with respect to racism in the United States of America. We may have some sound here. Here's what he said.
4: Different. When America comes together, we've made tremendous progress. But powerful forces want to pull us apart. A hundred years ago, kids in classrooms were taught the color of their skin was their most important characteristic. And if they looked a certain way, they were inferior. Today, kids are being taught that the color of their skin defines them again. And if they look a certain way, they're an oppressor. From colleges to corporations to our culture, people are making money and gaining power by pretending we haven't made any progress at all. By doubling down on the divisions, we've worked so hard to heal. You know this stuff is wrong. Hear me clearly. America is not
1: a racist country. Wow. 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 So, immediately, he's attacked. The Twitter mob goes after him. Which, does that not just...
3: Yeah, the the trending for several hours on Twitter was Uncle Tim.
1: Unbelievable.
3: So I'm just going to say it. It's not even like it, it, it got trending and then Twitter goes, oh, that's wrong and racist, we should take that off of trending manually. No, they just left it up there for several hours.
1: They did. They finally did block it. But it took a while. They wanted it to propagate. There's no question. So does it not seem, I mean, just thinking about this rationally and reasonably and clearly, those who were spreading that, that's a slur. It's derogatory. Are they not racist? You See, that's the problem. The very people who lecture us about tolerance are the very ones who are the most intolerant. You could argue that there's no more intolerant a demographic on planet Earth than the American white liberal. Name one. I can't. It's ridiculous. Maybe some countries in the middle east maybe the fact that we're even being having to think through that to compare it to, to i mean they don't have
3: the best human rights records in the middle east
1: no they don't but what basically tim said if you didn't get a chance to hear it was that yeah hundred something years ago sure that's true your destiny was determined based on your race your ethnicity the color of your skin essentially that's bad but did we not progress as tim says as the senator says did we not address those issues did we not for the most part
3: seems like i remember learning about a pretty major societal and civil
1: upheaval yeah exactly i do too everybody breathing in America hopefully does but in, in
3: I also remember it had pretty much been solved
1: exactly and that's what Tim said he he made a great statement I don't know if again if you guys heard it or not but he said don't fall for the let's see if I can get this right uh, don't fall for the Washington dreams and socialist schemes. I believe that's what he said. Bravo! Awesome! He's right. But, see, here's the deal. How can you maintain, with any degree of seriousness, that this idea, this concept of institutional systemic racism exists? When you're watching primetime television... Every major network in the country is carrying a speech delivered by a sitting U.S. Senator from a southern state who's black. How could that happen? That doesn't happen in a nation that is rife with systemic racism. He was elected by the people of South Carolina. Now, I don't know what the demographics are, but I bet it's primarily white, and he's a Republican. So those don't square, they don't reconcile, they don't compute. And I think that's what his central message was, and it was awesome. He also, he called out the president for promising to unite the country, and he basically said, dude, you failed at that, because people don't want to hear about these labeling and categorizing people into groups which is what the left has done. But not only with respect to their race and gender and ethnicity, but economically. We're headed for an environment where we have the producer class and the recipient class. And that ain't worth a dang either. Bravo, Tim Scott. Tim Scott for president. He'd be awesome. It's time for a break here. It's TV theme show Thursday. When we come back, we've got Craig a Peter Hansen with Make a Wish. Stay with us, the JT show continues.
7: no drip roofing and construction online at nodripms.com. whatever mother nature dishes out no drip roofing and construction can take care of it 601-371-1051 601-371-1051 601-371-1051
8: turning 65 or new to medicare get a zero dollar premium medicare plan zero zip zilch humana can help making getting care more affordable with our zero dollar premium plans you'll enjoy all the benefits you've come to expect and more your dollar already has enough to do helping you with the budget is only right to learn more call 601-605-5130 to speak to your local humana sales agent
11: Here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, six to nine breaking news quick shots analysis all right here on Super Talk Jackson ninety seven point three.
0: Now 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 back to the JT show with Gerard Gibbert and Rhino.
12: Great news, everybody
0: on Super Talk Mississippi.
12: Mississippi.
4: Welcome back.
2: Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around, but those dreams have remained and they've turned around.
1: Ooh, they've Welcome back, everyone, to JT Show, Super Talk, Mississippi. Gerard and Rhino in the studio on this. Friday Eve. Indeed it is. Joining us now in the studio, Mr. Craig Peter Hansen. Did I say that right, Craig? That's correct. Yes. I did. And uh, Craig is a member of the board of Make a Wish and also a Make a Wish Grantor Volunteer. Is that right? Yes, sir. All right. So today is World Wish Day.
13: Yes. How long has that been going on, World Wish Day? World Wish Day was uh, first inspired back in 1980, so kind of the roots of Make-A-Wish come back uh, that far. And it was a young boy that uh, had a wish, a a group and a community rallied around that uh, to make that wish happen. And since then, now we have chapters of Make-A-Wish all across the country and in many countries around the world. Yeah. So uh here in Mississippi we, we have an organization, you're yes, on the board, we have a board. Yes
2: uh, sir. Uh
1: and, and do you have a connection in any way personally? Uh
13: I don't have a personal connection. I, I started with Make a Wish uh nine years ago. Okay. And uh my desire was wanting to help vulnerable children. And, uh, I plugged into that organization. Uh, we've been blessed. I have three, uh, healthy children now grown, four grandkids that awesome. are, are a lot of fun and, and doing great. Yeah. But, uh, not everybody's dealt that hand. And sure. so, uh, my wife and I found a way to plug in and we're, we started as wish granters so we, we go out and get to meet with these courageous uh, kids and their families and uh, help put their wishes together so okay. that's that's just an awesome thing and and then on the board i get to use some of the past experiences i had through my 30 year career and do another stuff and get to apply it and and help help put us in a position to be able to grant more wishes i got you so how many uh, wish granters are there in mississippi well there's a lot of volunteers uh some are very active, so it's like over a hundred wow. you know involved across the state, and we need more volunteers uh to serve the the children that we have and uh you know there's just a great need throughout the state you know everything that we do goes from every county across the, the state of Mississippi, and uh certainly there are kids in you know need support and families that need support. Uh, to make that happen.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Craig, how how many children, I guess, are are in the program or, or eligible for a wish, having a
13: wish granted or being worked yeah. on in Mississippi? Yeah, yeah. Good question, Jared. Uh, currently, we have uh, just over 150 kids that we'd say are in the wish pipeline. Okay. In, in a normal year, we might grant up to about 100 uh, wishes in, in the state of Mississippi. Uh, last year, we we're trending around 50 because of all the. Sure conditions and environment we're in. Uh, On the board, we have a plan as we look into next year and the years ahead of getting that back up well over 100 each year. So um, there's definitely a need uh, there, and we're uh, preparing to meet that need. And what qualifies a child? Uh, to be uh, in the WISH pipeline? Yeah, technically, it's uh, being uh, facing a critical illness. Okay. So um, there's an approval process that goes through a, a doctor evaluation that gets submitted that ultimately gets a child approved. Uh and then once they get approved, uh they get into the wish pipeline and then somebody uh like myself ultimately will be assigned to go out and uh work with the family to help uh make this wish happen. What what does that mean to the kids and the family? You know, um, we receive these uh children's as you can imagine at the most difficult time of their life, right? A family just gets a diagnosis, which in most cases been a healthy child that goes to the doctor and gets a diagnosis uh, that just rocks their world. And that is just uh, so difficult. And at a time, they need hope, right? They need hope to move forward and encouragement. Uh, they need the strength to keep fighting through all these treatments they have to go through and, you know, operations, procedures, you know, it's tough for anybody, but for a young child that has to go through that and a young family that has to face that, that's just brutal. And uh, so our goal is just really to help inspire them to want to keep moving forward and provide them a little joy in a time that's, uh, there's not necessarily a lot of uh, great things that they're seeing. Do they... Do they know about it uh, before you show up and, and inform them, I guess? Well, they're aware that uh, they have an opportunity for a wish. Okay. So now they've got to think about, okay – What could that wish be? And so, Gerard, they kind of landed four different areas. So I I wish to go somewhere. I wish to have something. I wish to meet somebody, or I wish to be something. In fact, the first wish was I wish to be a police officer kind of thing. So Uh it usually falls in those four categories. And uh, so we start working with them to kind of get their heartfelt wish, the thing that's most special for them. Yeah. And are there any that are particularly memorable or unique that you uh, can share with us? I've had the honor through nine years now to grant uh, 68 wishes working with families and children. And I have to say, first of all, that Every child's wish, it's their wish, right? It's their special thing. So sure. whether it's receiving a, a puppy or going to Disney World, you yeah. know, those are cool. Yeah. But a couple of things th- that maybe fall outside of that group that I talked about, the four different kind of things I like to have. Uh, I had a girl one time, that Her her wish was to give something. So she was going through cancer treatment. She had a brain tumor. And her, she was just fighting. She could have anything in the world of, of, for her wish. Her wish was when she went to treatment, she, she would get cold from the chemotherapy uh, actions that she'd go, those procedures. Sure. And so she she would walk by uh, an area where there were some homeless people and so forth. So her wish was she wanted to give the homeless soup and blankets to keep them warm. How about that? And so that... Just blow that's blew special. me away, right? Yeah. Somebody could have anything. Their incredible. gift is to to give. Give. Yeah, that's incredible. Wow, that's uh, quite the story. Uh,
1: so, uh, you told me how long you've been doing this? Long Nine time? years. Nine years. Yeah. Yes. Um, and are there any? Um, I guess. What about some of the travel experiences? Where, where have has there been some some? Tra- you you sort of categorized four categories. I think yes, that's yes. one of them. So, yeah. anything you unique. there? Enjoying,
13: yeah, um, you know, the most popular wish, uh, over time has been Disney World. Yeah. So that experience of going down there and, uh, a child yeah. experiencing that in a special way, uh, is really great. But I've had people, uh, young children go to Hawaii. They've gone to, uh, you know, to the beach, yeah. uh, different places, you know, in Florida or, or whatever. So yeah, they, uh, wherever that wish may take them is, Craig, how is it? How are these wishes funded, and what can Mississippians do to help? Well, uh, you know, the money we raise here in Mississippi stays here in Mississippi to okay. help grant these kids' wishes, and, and so the money is you know brought forward by people like you and I and other supporters that want to be a part of the process of transforming a life, yeah. a young life, uh, for one of our neighbors here in the community. So. Yeah that's that's where the funding comes it's not a federally funded or state funded you know it's all, it's all all private, private. funding yeah. yes well, I just uh, do you find the people in mississippi to be generous in this respect they they are i think you know the hard thing about uh, Make a Wish. A lot of people have heard of it, sure, uh, but they may not have experienced it firsthand. So they don't know necessarily that it's going on here in Mississippi, right? Yeah. You know, they may have heard of it somewhere else, but I can assure you, it's very active here in the state of Mississippi, and yeah. and we need support. We've got a lot of kids waiting for wishes, and uh, you know, the the more money that gets raised, ninety. 8% of the people that, that work in support of Make-A-Wish are volunteers like myself, so I can assure that a dollar goes a long way and goes directly to granting children's wishes. Yeah, uh, and how can someone donate? Where where should they go? So they can go to uh, wish.org dot org slash mississippi okay and that'll take them right in and they'll be able to donate directly to uh through that okay and you guys do some events too i've played in golf tournaments uh before uh you know a lot of ways to help raise money is sure. you know doing events and so golf tournaments uh is one they'll do a gala uh also event and there are also some uh smaller events that go in in various communities often uh people that have been touched by a wish uh, Will help inspire, do that, or grandparents, etc. Yeah, a- and so yeah, you'll see some things out in communities like golf tournaments. That's awesome. So thanks well, for being there.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's been uh, great and happy to help. It's a great organization. It's well respected. has has a great reputation, and do great work. And World Wish Day, so special today. We appreciate you coming in, Craig. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. You bet. We'll take a break right here. We got more on the JT Show. Stay with us.
7: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, partly cloudy, high near 86. Tonight, a 50-50 chance of rain, mostly cloudy, low around 64. Your finally Friday, a 40% chance of rain, high near 74. Friday evening, a 20% chance of showers, low around 56. And for your Saturday, partly sunny, high near 79. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction, online at NoDripMS.com.
10: Your Mississippi Braves are back, and single-game tickets are on sale now at MississippiBraves.com, the Trustmark Park box office, or by calling 888-BRAVES-4. Make your plans for opening day on Tuesday, May 4th, and the opening homestand against the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, May 4th through 9th at Trustmark Park. See the future stars of the Atlanta Braves and enjoy great promotions like Thirsty Thursday, Thursday, Fan Friday giveaways, and fireworks. For more information or to purchase tickets, visit MississippiBraves.com.
8: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Talk Mississippi News. Congressman Michael Guest believes what we saw in President Biden's address last night was a return to big government and big spending.
16: And it was just one multi-trillion dollar proposal
8: after another. Guest believes the Republican response from South Carolina Senator Tim Scott was spot on.
17: That is probably one of the best speeches uh, that I have seen uh,
11: in my lifetime, the way that he touched on many core issues, the way that he talked on, you know, uh, being uh, the opportunities that, that he had from uh, Cottonfield uh,
16: to Congress, the way he talked about his faith, the way he talked about wanting to, to bring the country together, not tear the country apart. And-
8: Guests said Scott would make a great presidential or vice presidential candidate. And severe weather is possible across North Mississippi this afternoon through early this evening. Damaging wind and hail are the main concerns, but an isolated tornado can't be ruled out. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
0: You're hearing the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Now here's more on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: T show, Super Talk Mississippi. Thanks so much for joining us. Gerard and Rhino guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music. CJ from Madison says, Then the white liberals calling him Uncle Tom got me pissed because I'm black and white liberals shouldn't be saying sell out or Uncle Tom. Makes zero sense. Scott and Ron DeSantis of Florida, uh, Senator Tim Scott he's referring to, would be a great ticket in the future. That on the c text line from CJ from Madison. Yes, I think they would. Hey, Gerard, you going to enroll in the fake news class that Hunter Biden is teaching at Tulane? You hear about that? That's crazy. They've got Hunter Biden scheduled to appear and do some sort of, class on media
3: don't bring him an apple
1: (laughs) what What?
3: bring him a bottle of parmesan cheese
1: (laughs) so he can snort it smoke (laughs) smoke it yeah (laughs) oh my gosh i think juan williams is going to be down there at tulane as well what the world's going on down there hunter biden mr credibility himself are you kidding me jeez Unbelievable. Oh, wow. Let's see. Oh, gosh. I don't know what that means. I don't think that's for us. We got a text there. That makes sense. So, the first thing I noticed not sure if you guys caught this. I'm not sure how many people actually tuned in and watched it. Um, my wife, we were eating dinner at the time. She refused to allow me to tune it in on the television, so I had to watch it on my phone next to my plate (laughs) and kind of had to put my ear up to the phone speakers to hear it. She had no interest. The first thing I noticed is that they all had masks on. In this chamber... They were separated. It looked weird, didn't it? I, it's unique, certainly. I think it was Brett Hume in post-speech analysis that said he had been to 45 of these State of the Union addresses, and this was unique in his time, and his experience of witnessing 45. But the they all had masks on. Now, guarantee, almost everyone, if not everyone, in that room has been vaccinated. What the hell do they have masks on for? I thought that because was the whole idea. Nancy Pelosi's on a power trip. Did you see her mask? It was. Well, she's gigantic. the only reason they're all wearing masks. She sets the she, rules. She sets the rules. That's right. Which are different in the Senate, but she sets the rules. No virtue signaling nonsense involved in that, is there? Her mask was gigantic, like you could. She and the one that uh, Maxine Waters had on, they were like on the eyeballs. They it was huge, but it doesn't make any sense to me, and it sets a bad example. It sends the wrong message. If you're trying to inspire and encourage everyone to go get vaccinated, well, what's in it for them besides hopefully protecting them from getting sick, from getting infected? The main thing that should be in uh, in it for them is that it allows you to return to normal. And my definition of normal is the way it was before this dumb pandemic. And I don't mean dumb in that it didn't exist. I mean dumb in that the way we've handled it, I think, to a great extent. has now been proven to be dumb. A a lot of it was. An example is Fauci. Fauci says, no masks are needed. Then it was, yeah, I think we ought to wear a mask. Then it's two. Then it's three. The more you can get, the better. I mean, you might as well wrap your whole head in cellophane what's next that's the issue i have with it it's the vacillation it's the inconsistency you lose your credibility it doesn't matter what the message is what the issue is if you vacillate and you waver and you uh you're inconsistent in communication people start "Mm, not sure and that's the problem so here's the deal go get vaccinated folks so you can get to normal. Now, full disclosure, I've been vaccinated. Rhino, you've had your first, right?
3: Oh, yeah. I'm just a few days away from my second.
1: So that's our choice. Um, and we respect the choice of others. But if the message is do that, because now there's organizations running ads. You've seen that. And so, which I think actually hurts, doesn't help. That's just my opinion. But Especially some of the social media ads
3: where they're yeah. making up stupid jingles and songs. Uh, like they redid Barbie girl but it yeah. was Pfizer yeah that's right it's Pfizer exactly it's cringy is what it is it's
1: it's the it's the covered Oregon jingle we played a few weeks ago with that weird liberal lady with that oversized mama cast dress on strumming the the six string there and singing covered Oregon stay-at-home dads I can't Indian Chiefs stuff it's crazy that's what it feels like but nonetheless if they really wanted to send a message that look we're we're killing this pandemic guys we're shutting down this virus as biden says and we're getting back to normal look we're all vaccinated and look what you can do you can gather in large groups inside without masks and conduct your pre-pandemic life but no That's not what they did. It's these giant masks. It's you got to be tested and temperature checked and all that stuff. And you go inside and you got to stay within twenty feet. It looked like they were twenty feet apart to me, the way they had them spaced out. And you know, right there in full view, you've got the vice president and the speaker of the house with those gigantic masks on. So Nancy's was up like up to her eyebrows, and Kamala's was twisted. It was a little off balance on the side a little bit. And that's fine. I, we've all done that. But Joe didn't have his on, of course. But he came in with it. And there were no handshaking, which I'm pretty sure that's almost been determined to not be a a uh, a way, a likely way in which the virus is transmitted it, in terms of COVID. Uh, so they're all... They're all fist bumping and elbow bumping. But this is what I noticed, I observed after. I told you I watched the whole dang thing and even <laughs> even the post game. And when he was exiting, and it's customary when the president exits to stop and interact with those in attendance, and mostly it's folks on in your party that are just gloating and gushing and praising and fawning. The first one that it appeared to me to be the first one that really congratulated, a chummy patting on the backs. Bernie Sanders, you know, you know, we're in trouble when old Bernie stands up and offers congratulations. But what I noticed is they were fist bumping and elbow bumping. I guess that's what you call it. But with masks on, but they were they they wanted to communicate in a discreet sort of fashion, and they would get like six inches away with stupid masks on. Pretty sure that doesn't do any good. It's just this virtue-signaling, nonsensical, illogical stuff. It's crazy. And I know we're going to have residual. There are going to be people that are going to wear these masks forever. That ain't going to change. That's fine. Stay right. But... Just as we have experienced just a massive number of incidents across this country of the mask shaming, you don't have your mask on.
3: To the point where one of my favorite things to see is an update from the guy that made a mask that looks like it's him not wearing a mask. Right. Just so he can go out and catch the Karens caring more about what he's doing. So I'm serious. He has a mask made that is his face with a mask under his chin. <laughs> so it looks like when he's not wearing a mask, when he's wearing a mask, that he's not wearing a mask. And the um, videos he has put out is hilarious.
1: <laughs> On the 601 C Spire text line, they did handshake at the end, Biden Waters. I missed it. I saw a hundred fist bumps and elbow bumps. I'm sorry I missed that one. That's interesting. I I'm a little shocked, to be honest with you. Um, so I don't know uh they can't keep extending unemployment and keep training people to be on the government dole if they go back to normal. That's from Kevin in Monticello. yeah, it does seem like there's no desire to return to pre pandemic life it 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 does I hate to say that, but it didn't act like you you want to do that because right now you're not sending that message time for a break. We got more. We got to talk about what Vogue says we got to do about the climate. Stay with us.
18: the new degree of comfort
4: are you ready for what is possibly the last lawnmower you will ever buy if so then you are ready for an x this is david frederick with frederick sales and service and if you're ready now is the time to take advantage of special x pricing and special XMark financing with zero percent financing and payments that won't start for 150 days 26 years of award-winning selling, servicing, and supporting our customers with legendary XMAR quality. Frederick Sales and Service, the choice in outdoor equipment. Serving Central Mississippi since 1993.
0: Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation.
4: At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a master tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland.
5: Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change
0: your
3: car buying experience.
0: Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. This
15: is the opening agri-market report. At the open of the New York Cotton Exchange, July cotton was down 258 to 8694. October cotton was down 180 to 8604. The open of the Chicago Board of Trade July soybeans was down a half to 1513 and a quarter per bushel. August soybeans were down three and three quarters to 1452 per bushel. July corn was up one and three quarters to six forty-five three quarters per bushel. September corn was down two and three quarters to five sixty-eight three quarters per bushel. At the market till June, live cattle was down 15 to 115.30. August live cattle was up 15 to 116.62. August feeders up 2 cents to 148.92. September so feeders up 2 cents to 150.92. And at this hour, Dow Jones is up 38 points, 33,859. I'm Nixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Mississippi Agri News Network.
0: Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk, Mississippi. This is The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk, Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Yeah! Keep moving, moving,
2: moving. Oh,
4: they're Keep them doggies moving.
2: I'm throwing brand Soon we'll be living High and wide My heart's calculating My true love will be waiting Be waiting at the end Of my ride
4: Move them on, hit them up Hit up, move them on Move them on, hit them up raw
1: Welcome back. The JT Show continues. Super Talk Mississippi. Gerard and Rhino in the studio. So, oh, man, this mask deal is still driving me crazy. When I, when I left here yesterday after the show, I went down to the Lowe's not far from here. Had to do a little shopping. And I uh, was in the garden center outside buying some stuff. I did not wear my mask. First I've been vaccinated. Second, it was outside. Third, they don't require it. Every single person in there had a mask on. Except the help. They had masks on their body, but not over their nose and mouth. That's fine with me. And I and they're look everybody's looking at me. I just kept waiting for somebody to snort at me, you know. Put your mask on. And if they would have, respectfully. I would have not, I would have not uh, lashed back at them, but I would have asked them, hey, I've been vaccinated, how about you? And I bet you, it was mostly, I'm just assuming now, I'm assuming, I don't know, but it was older folks, I bet you they've been vaccinated, just bet. And I was prepared to say, man, you know, you've been vaccinated, the reason you did that is to protect you, you ought to think about taking your mask off. And so I'm waiting for people to start saying those that are not wearing their masks, because especially those that have been vaccinated, they're, then they're not to start saying, you know, you're you're really hurting me, you're offending me by wearing a mask. <laughs> you wait till that starts happening. I even heard a story this morning from a friend about a person who approached the four-year-old child of another. And the four-year-old didn't have a mask on. And the person bent down, gotten a child. Why don't you have your mask on? Talking to a person's child. Scolding them. Who the heck are you? This is insane. It's it's psychotic. It's become crazy. Oh, my gosh. Just, I don't know. I a to rant about that because they're not solving the problem. They're not working to return us to normal, and they're not sending the right example and message. That's what the country needs, in my view.
3: They're chasing the dopamine dragon of being, quote-unquote, right.
1: I think you're right. Even though they're ignorant. So there's a lot of... Some of them terminally. (laughs) (laughs) Irredeemable. Cannot be rehabbed. Terminal ignorance, it's a real thing. (laughs) I I told uh, folks before we went to break there, we would discuss what Vogue magazine, you know those guys, what they're saying about uh, what you can do to help the planet, you know, the environment. Now they are describing having a child as an act of environmental vandalism. Don't have any children. So I got to thinking then, why do we need all these programs that the president discussed last night? Child care and pre-K and uh, free community college and child tax credits and child independent care credits, etc. Why do we need all that if we're not going to have any families? We're not going to propagate. Because according to Vogue, You're committing an act of environmental vandalism by having a child. I used to think during the Trump years when the liberals were just in a constant state of depression and always, I guess, just whining and denouncing the state of the country, I often wondered, maybe you ought to go down to the maternity ward and say, this country is so bad and that everything is so terrible, don't be thinking about having any children. What are you thinking? You don't want to bring anybody into this despicable, evil, wicked nation. I mean, is no, that They, were, the saying that. they, they were. were
3: saying that. They were under, saying that under President Trump that they did not want to bring a child into this world because it would be an evil thing to do to the child.
2: <sighs>
3: now it's an evil thing to do to the planet.
1: Now the planet, right, is the target. So, you know, the problem. Almost is, makes me think like they're just against kids. <laughs> but they're always accusing us of being anti children. The deal is, there are so many conflicts and contradictions in authoritarianism. This is what you end up with. Here's more money for your children. Don't have any children from the same group, from the same ideology. <laughs> Appropriate music. That 2001 A Space Odyssey break time here on the JT Show top of the hour means the news when we come back we've got representative Trey Lamar stay with us
0: Listening to WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com.
18: Fox News. I'm Lillian Wu. Fresh off his first address to Congress, President Biden heads to Georgia. The president will hold a drive in rally in the Atlanta area a day after he called on lawmakers to send a House pass voting rights bill to his desk. Appearing on Fox and Friends, Georgia's Republican Governor Brian Kemp called H.R. 1 an unconstitutional power grab by Democrats.
3: But even a lot of Democrats, Secretary of State don't think is a good idea.
18: The bill, which currently doesn't have enough support to pass the Senate, would require states to offer same-day voter registration and to hold early voting for at least two weeks. Fox's Rachel Sutherland, former President Trump today, told Fox's Maria Bartiromo he is seriously thinking about running for office again. And the U.S. economy surged 6.4% in the first quarter as stimulus checks. And COVID vaccines helped spur more spending. The GDP is the broadest measure of goods and services made in the U.S. America's listening to Fox News.
8: A public high school in Columbus is the best in the state, according to a ranking from U.S. News and World Reports. They based their rankings on things like college readiness, math and reading proficiency, and graduation rates. Past Christian High came in at number three, Biloxi High was number two, and the Mississippi School for Mathematics and Science earned top honors. Mississippi McDonald's owner-operator Marco Farrell donated $50,000 to Pineywood School. He spoke to the students virtually about Success.
17: You got to have a fire in your belt. To be successful in business, and you know, you have to find inside that thing that motivates you. But I find with the majority of successful business people, they want to be better at their skill than anyone else.
8: O'Farrell owns 16 McDonald's restaurants in the Jackson and Columbus Tupelo areas. Cleaning up the voter rolls in our state is an issue that still needs to be addressed, according to Secretary of State Michael
12: Watson. Unfortunately, we've got 43 counties who have 90% or more of the voting age population on the registered voter rolls. We have seven that are over 100%, with the worst being 107%. I'm no mathematician, but that's impossible.
8: Of the six homicides in Gulfport this year, three victims have been under the age of 20. The latest drive-by occurred less than two hours before a scheduled community forum on youth violence. We got to find a solution to it. We got to figure out a way um, to get the community together. I mean, I, I don't think it's a police issue. I, I think it's a community issue, it's a parental issue. And until we get the parents and the community more involved, then it's just going to keep happening. Theresa Lyon is a spokesperson for the Gulfport branch of the NAACP, which organized that forum and plans to hold more. I'm Kelly Bennett. Visit Ridgeland presents
10: the Art Wine and Wheels Weekend, April 30th through May 2nd at the Renaissance at Colony Park. Events include Ridgeland Fine Arts Festival, Natchez Trace Century Ride, and a Friday night April 30th kickoff party. Visit artwineandwheels.com. Follow Visit Ridgeland on Facebook. Hashtag Visit MS Responsibly.
0: News happens fast. There's a lot to take in and a lot to hear from all across the Magnolia State. And the foremost spot for Mississippi News is Supertalk.fm. Your Mississippi News, on air and online. Supertalk.fm.
19: This is Jake Mangum, not some actor wearing a red shirt. Whenever I was up to bat at MSU, I would see Farm Bureau Insurance. They supported me then, and they take care of me now. I couldn't ask for more supportive teammates. If you aren't already with Farm Bureau, it's time to join the team. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Tune
6: in to Good Things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. Right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
0: And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Welcome to Real Talk for real Mississippians. Informed, engaging, and always brutally honest. Welcome to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. And now, here's Gerard Gibbert.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Super Talk Mississippi, the JT Show. Back with you, Gerard and Rhino, in the studio on this. Friday Eve. Indeed. And joining us now, Representative Trey Lamar, member of the Mississippi House of Representatives. He is the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, and he represents District 8. Morning, Trey.
17: Gerard, can you hear me?
1: I got you, man. How are you doing today?
16: I'm doing fine. I'm new to these uh, these headphones here, so uh, (laughs) y'all may have to bear with me a
1: little bit. No problem. You're sounding good. We got you. So, uh, appreciate you joining us. Uh, Session all signed, done, out, done, but uh, I know you guys, you got a lot done. It was uh, an engaging and active session, and and I know you guys are always uh, discussing and planning uh, for the next session, but... Let's give us a little update, if you would, about what uh, you were pleased with, that got accomplished, what kind of got left on the table, and and just an overall summary of the session.
16: Well, uh, be glad to do that, Gerard. It's been we finished back around the first of April, uh, I, most of the listeners probably know that now. I know you've had several folks on the radio that have talked about it. Uh, I, I'm glad to have had the last uh, almost month now to, to recover uh, from the session. I I told some people um, when I was asked that it felt like we were at the end of a two-year session uh, because of everything that went on last year and, and just rolled into you know 2021. And so it's it's been a it's been a whirlwind. Um, what a time to serve uh, in the legislature and and what a time to, to chair the Ways and Means Committee as well. But. Um, that said in 2021 uh, your legislature did accomplish uh, contrary to what some people may think we did we did make some accomplishments uh and and move the state forward uh, in some significant ways Uh, we were able to to fund a teacher pay raise uh, which is good and we're going to have continued work uh, on that uh, on that endeavor uh, in the upcoming years as well i know chairman uh bennett uh, in the house has done a, a, a great job and also the the leadership in the senate as well uh in, in moving that that issue forward and, and uh, getting us closer to where we need to be we're not there yet but we're closer to where we need to be uh, than we were yesterday with our teachers um we also were able to fund uh significant infrastructure projects across the state which is a lot of what what my committee the ways and means committee deals with with different projects uh through the through our bond bill as well as through some other uh, appropriation and cash projects we were able to fund um, and those were extensive. I told uh, the body back there in March that I felt like this is one of the best bond bills we have we have passed in my in my career. Um, there are rep- uh, there are infrastructure projects all the way from Tennessee to the coast, uh, both uh, through responsible bonding as well as through cash payments uh, through appropriations uh, all over the state and the citizens I know I think that's what the citizens want to see. They want to see, Improvements, you know, visible improvements that they can see that are tangible that they see where their elected uh, leaders are actually getting things done that will benefit them uh, and being responsible with the with the funding that we have. Yeah. and so we did that, uh, and then and then we advanced. What I'm most proud of, we we had, although it didn't make it across the finish line, we had significant, significant, uh, serious policy conversations about major comprehensive tax reform in this state that will continue throughout this year uh, and into next session, where I am uh, very hopeful that we'll be able to push that across the finish line.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so it, it was fairly active in that respect. And and as you said, we had that major piece of legislation that uh, didn't get the necessary traction over in on the Senate side. But at least we're having a conversation and the discussion is underway, and uh, of course, Speaker Gunn was on on the program a few weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, right after the session. He made it very clear mm-hmm. that was his top priority uh, was uh, comprehensive tax reform, and and in fact, he shared with us his intention of traveling the state uh, during the summer months in in uh, preparation for next year's session and. And is going to continue to educate Mississippians about the benefits of the legislation and his thoughts on that and just try to get the word out and, uh, I guess, just promote support for it. Uh, I think there's a it's complicated, as you know, Representative Lamar, any, yeah. anytime you're dealing with taxes, even state taxes, it's just complicated, and especially in this case where... We're, we're making more changes uh, than just, uh, I guess, those directly impacting income taxes. We're having effects and changes and adjustments to other taxes as well, and that that tends to complicate the situation. And we talked about it a lot here on the show, but uh, I totally sure. support uh, the program and, and think this is the right direction for the state. <laughs>
16: Well, the state of Mississippi is never going to move in the direction that we needed to move in at the, at the rate we want it to move in until we grow our private sector economy. Great. Um, and I, I fully believe that uh, that the elimination of our state individual income tax can be the single greatest thing that we can do uh, to spur private sector growth in this state. Uh, and, and I say that uh, responsibly, knowing that we're not, I want people to understand we're not looking at blowing up a hole in our state budget, we just see, and we've had um, substantial uh, support from various uh, economic groups and economists uh, that can back this up, you know, with, with independent studies and data uh, that, that shows this would be a, a big boom to the state of Mississippi. And so we look at doing it in a responsible way. Uh, it, it's it's not, as I said, not cutting a hole in the state budget. It's just a, a different way of collecting our tax revenue that will benefit the people. Uh, and ultimately, the state's uh, economy and our gross domestic product uh, will all uh, increase because of it.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Trey, you know, a lot of folks over on the Senate side, as you know, including the lieutenant governor, suggested that they just needed more time. They, they needed to see more analysis sure. and, and dig into it deeper in retrospect, do you think that the whole initiative should have been handled a little different? I'm just asking honestly, it, would we have benefited sure. in getting some, some more support and traction over in the Senate and, and uh, from Lieutenant Governor Hoseman uh, if, if we just would maybe had communicated a little different about it? In retrospect, does that appear to be the case?
16: Well, hindsight's always twenty twenty, Gerard, but sure. I'll tell you this. I, I can speak for me personally I always okay. felt like this was going to be a, a multi-year effort this okay. is this is by far the the the, uh, the uh, most comprehensive uh, and uh, piece of policy that i had worked on in my 10-year career and i think speaker Gunn would tell you the same thing as far as his his career which is uh 16 plus years now so yeah. Um, In fact, most anybody serving, this is the most comprehensive piece of policy that that any of us have considered as far as the way we're changing the way that the state uh, collects its revenue and the way we tax our people. Uh, Instead of punishing work, we want to reward work, and we feel like we can do that uh, in in a responsible way. Um, so, looking back on last year, we felt like uh, I, we've been working on this in the House for several years now. This is not something you just you know, wake up one day and think, oh, I want to right. eliminate the income tax. Right. You don't, you, it just doesn't work that way. So, we have been working on it for several years, and we had every intention of having uh, conversations last year uh, all over the state, uh, continued uh, detailed studies Uh, but we had this thing called COVID that that, that popped up last March that we had to deal with and really had a very unprecedented year, uh, in the Mississippi legislature. So, uh, that, there just was not time for it. And so going into this 2021 session, um, I knew uh, in my heart that we were going to have a a long road to hoe to get this accomplished in, in year one. Uh, looking back on it, uh, I'm very proud of the conversations that we did have. We we, we drafted and put together a very uh, detailed, um, comprehensive, uh, and I'll say, um, you know, to a, to somebody who didn't hadn't looked at it every day like I have, it can be complicated. Um, at least in concept, uh, plan. And so I certainly understand why our brothers and sisters in the Senate, uh, you know, want more time to look at it. And, and in hindsight, I believe that's probably uh, a very responsible thing for them to do. Sure. And, and, I, and I welcome this year going forward, working with uh, Lieutenant Governor Hosman and, and Chairman Harkins, who is a, is a dear friend of mine. Um, and, and, and I feel like uh, we now have time to, to meet with him and and show them the benefits of this plan as well as as Speaker Gunn plans on dealing with people across the state, uh, yeah. and the citizens. So yeah. we look forward to that and, and we have a whole year to accomplish it and I'm you know, I, I look forward to it. It's gonna be fun.
1: Yeah. We got a break right here. Can you stay with us? Sure. Yeah. All right, great. We got Representative Trey Lamar, he represents House District Eight. He'll be with us after the break. The JT show continues.
7: SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center. I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, partly cloudy, high near 86. Tonight, a 50-50 chance of rain. Mostly cloudy, low around 64. Your finally Friday, a 40% chance of rain. High near 74. Friday evening, a 20% chance of showers. Low around 56. And for your Saturday, partly sunny. High near 79. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service. Your Yamaha Outboard dealer in Brandon. Your window
0: tint headquarters at Auto Trim Designs on Highway 80 in Pearl is now also your best source for the lasting protection of Expel paint protection film. Your car is too precious to fail to protect it from bugs, rocks, and road debris. For more info, go to autotrimdesigns.com.
10: 144 Tactical Defense in Florence is your one-stop shop for AR-15s, parts, and accessories. They have a certified in-house Cerakote facility, and they offer a 100% lifetime warranty with on-site gunsmiths and master machinists ready to to tackle any project you have. They're working day and night to keep up with the demand. Visit 144 Tactical and see the changes and get entered in a drawing for a free guardian rifle of your choice. 144 Tactical Defense in Florence, where custom is our game.
11: be sure to catch sports talk mississippi your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the magnolia
12: state every day from three until six right here on super talk jackson 97.3 the jt show with gerard Gibbert
0: on super talk mississippi
1: The J.P. Show is back. Super Talk Mississippi, Gerard and Rhino. Our guest is Representative Trey Lamar. He represents District 8, serves as the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee. So uh, the teacher pay raise, I I know you said earlier, uh, Trey, that that clearly that was an accomplishment. And uh, it is the objective, is it not, of, I think, the Mississippi legislature and Mississippi state government in general to to continue to elevate the pay of our teachers to to be at least equal or in the neighborhood of of the the surrounding states. Is that kind of the goal at this point? Is that fair to say?
16: I I think that's definitely the goal, uh, Gerard. So we want to do that, and and we've taken um, significant steps in the last several years, uh, but we want to continue to... To, to follow that, I think that the Southeastern average or better than the Southeastern average is the goal. And okay. I know there was had, had extensive meetings with uh, Representative Bennett uh, toward the end of this session uh, where, uh, and we discussed a plan that, that he is working on uh, that we, we hope we can come forward with next year that, that will make even more significant steps toward that effort.
1: Yeah. And, of course, last year, uh, just kind of pivoting a bit, the state received lots of money from the federal government. All states did. Yeah. And we got another big tranche coming down as well. And, and we've had the lieutenant governor on talking about his thoughts on that, which, which uh, at least appear to be sound, a sound thought process, which is let's make these investments in uh, projects that uh, have deliver lasting value, not short-term, one-time sort of hits, which was frankly part of, and uh, based on the restrictions in the CARES Act, it was, that was kind of difficult because every, all of that had to be geared towards investments specifically to offset the costs of uh, mitigating and, and just managing through. Uh, COVID and the lockdowns and so forth. This is a little different. It's it's restrictive, not as restrictive as the CARES Act money was, $1.2 uh, billion. So what are your thoughts about that, uh, Representative? How how best to utilize and invest that big chunk of money coming down?
16: Yeah, Gerard, that's a great question. And you want to talk about a hard job. Uh,
1: you know, <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> you,
16: have you have 174 um, Legislators that all have different, you know, personalities sure. and viewpoints. Give them 1.2 billion dollars and tell them they have to spend it within <laughs> the next, you know, two two months and spend it wisely and 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 uh, you know in, in a way that's going to do some real good. That is not an easy job for sure. anybody. Agree. Uh, but that's what we faced last year. Uh, so now we've got this second wave coming in with about. Um, it varies $1.7 to $1.89 yeah. uh, billion, somewhere in that range. Uh, the good news is that we've got to the next two to three years to spend it. Yeah. Um, so we have some time to study it and figure out how we can best, um, you know, best be used to, to move Mississippi forward in a wise and prudent manner. And, and that's certainly what we we intend to do. We intend to spend the, the bulk of the, the rest of this year coming up with, plans and, and studies of how we can use these funds in, in a manner that will not, you know, certainly there's some things that we can do that will be an immediate impact, but there's also, I think, outside the box thinking that we can employ here that will we'll, uh, we'll, will make these funds uh, have a more long-lasting impact uh, over uh, over several years uh, yeah. or longer. So that, that's what that's what our goal is.
1: Well, I just got to be honest here. I think we're kind of running out of things to spend money on. I mean, when you when you look at, in terms of the role of government and where government ought yeah. to make investments, I, I start scratching my head because the amount of money we got last year, it's like, well, okay, rural broadband, for example, and uh, connect getting all our schools and our students connected, which was needed uh, because we blocked the schools up sure. to a great extent. Well, we already spent a bunch of money on that. Uh, that's kind of in the books. Uh, There are some limitations in this next tranche. I know water infrastructure, for example, is considered to be a top priority that the federal government expects states to spend money on. we got problems with that. But then I hear the president talking about billions he wants to spend on water infrastructure as well. I'm thinking, well... How much money do we need for water infrastructure? I'm not suggesting it's not an issue. But honestly, uh, Trey, doesn't it seem like we're kind of running out of things to spend money on here?
16: Yeah, it does. Uh, and so, uh, we, you know, we've had, we, as I mentioned a while ago, you spend $1.2 billion in the last year. That wasn't easy uh, to find ways to spend it responsibly. Yeah. Uh, but with, I think you have to look, uh, Gerard, at, at the areas of infrastructure, which you mentioned, water, uh, sewer. Yeah. Um, you know, if, there, if there's additional parts of the state that are not going to be impacted by, by broadband internet, uh, we have to continue to look at that. Um, and... And economic development, I think those are all you know one-time cost, capital costs, if you will, that are, yep. that are best funded by by one-time funds, uh, and so which is what these these federal funds are. So I think that's where a lot of our uh, a lot of our focus is gonna is gonna be. Uh, you know, our, our schools certainly schools and education is a priority, but man, our, our K twelve schools are getting more money than they yeah, quite honestly, more money than they know how to spend right now. I, and um, and uh, I've heard that coming down. So
1: I've heard that directly from those, I won't disclose their names, in the education community that have said that. I'm sure you've heard the same coming back, uh, even from the DOE, like, well, okay, uh, because, you know, of some limitations and constraints on that. We've certainly got, and I don't know if it would be eligible. As you know, there are some schools around Mississippi, some facilities, physical facilities, that are bad, sure. that need, that need uh, some renovation and rehabbing. There's no question about that. May, maybe yeah. that makes sense, uh, as an example. Man, but,
16: that's, my, that's my hope. Okay. I think that does make sense. I mean, because the schools, for those who don't know, K-12, they're getting... Um, a significant uh, pot of additional funding outside of what the state's getting that's going directly to, to K-12 education, to the right. schools themselves. Right. And so the schools' uh, hands were, were untied a little bit with this uh, latest round of money and that they can use some of these funds for some uh, infrastructure and or construction-related costs, which is good. So okay. we definitely have school buildings uh, that need to be updated or new schools that need to be built. Uh, and, and my hope is that, um, is that these funds will be used in a, in a, in a um, wise manner to help with that because that's something that lasts, you know, 30, 40, 50 years down the road, and it will be a wise investment for a lot right. of these funds.
1: In terms of economic development, Representative Lamar, do you think perhaps uh, another round of some sort of business grant program like we did with the CARES Act through uh, mm-hmm. MDA, might that make sense?
16: That Gerard, I'm glad you brought that up. That would be at the very top of my list, right up there with infrastructure. If Mine too. Love infrastructure, I just I feel like one of the best uses of these funds would be uh, for us to return a significant portion of them to the businesses and the job creators of this state. Uh, you know, we we drafted hastily, I'll add the back to business program legislation right. from last year. And it, it helped a lot of people, but but I'll be the first one to admit that there are areas where that program could be improved. And so, if there, if 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 at all possible, we can use some of this next round of money to go back into our businesses of the state. Uh, I would love to see that happen.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm with you. I agree as well. I, I mean, I think we could structure something that makes sense. It's fair. That's not just throwing yep. money down a rat <laughs> hole. I think we could we could uh, come to some terms with that that would benefit the state economically, Agreed. for sure. Uh, got to ask you about Initiative 65. You got any thoughts about that? We're expecting we may hear something out of the Supreme Court on the case. You, you, yeah. You, well, do you have any well, uh, feelings one way or another how that may go, come out? Well, uh,
16: I've been practicing law for almost 15 years now, Gerard, and I, I learned early on that you cannot predict what the Supreme Court or what any any court may do on any one case, no yeah. matter no matter how. How good your case is. I, I told me that, that if, if a lawyer ever tells you or if your law if a lawyer ever guarantees you that that they're going to win your case, you need to fire them immediately and go hire a new lawyer because <laughs> there are no guarantees in, in this business. Um, that said, I did listen to the oral arguments before the Supreme Court, uh, and uh, it's a very, very the cases the, the case produces some very, very interesting legal arguments. You know, I won't get into the specifics of those, but they're legal arguments that are, that are, that are legitimate on both sides of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just, the initiative process itself, uh, in my personal opinion, has some flaws. You know, back in 1992, the process was uh, was designed to be, uh, as I understand it, I certainly wasn't around the legislature then, but it was designed to be very difficult to get something on the ballot. Uh, and the thought process being if, if someone accomplished getting something on the ballot, that it was something worthy of being on the ballot and being uh, actually made a part of our state constitution. Trey, we got a
1: break right here. Can you come back and just finish your thought, and then we'll let you go? Will that work? That'll be fine. Okay, we got Representative yeah. Trey Lamar. We'll be right back discussing Initiative 65. Thanks.
20: A Complete Flight Source is proud to announce. That Mississippi has a new state flag. We are taking orders now for all sizes of the newly designed State of Mississippi flag. Flags are in production and soon you can be flying one at your home, school or business
11: Be sure and check out the newly remodeled Basil's in Fondren, where you get simple food done well. And don't forget to drop by Basil's Fountain View at the Renaissance. Go to eatbasil's.com for online ordering for both locations. That's Basil's.
4: This is Home Answers Radio, and my guest today is Trey Jackson of Bulldog Construction. Trey, if a business has uneven sidewalks, they're asking for trouble. Would you agree? ridgeland
11: medical clinic is a proud sponsor of the gallo radio show conveniently located in ridgeland
10: off highway 51 north in the oak place shopping center call them to see jody adams
11: today hey this is jimmy Primos at the range in gluckstadt right now we're offering great specials on memberships to our state-of-the-art indoor shooting range join now and get your first month free While you're here, check out our full-service gunsmithing department. We offer everything from professional gun cleaning, Cerakoting, camo application, accurizing, to custom rifle builds. We hope to see you soon. You might even get to meet my wife, Jane. That'll be a real trip.
8: A public high school in Columbus is the best in the state, according to a ranking from U.S. News and World Reports. They based their rankings on things like college readiness, math and reading proficiency, and graduation rates. Past Christiane High came in at number three, Biloxi High was number two, and the Mississippi School for Mathematics and Science earned top honors. Mississippi McDonald's owner-operator Marco Farrell donated $50,000 to Pineywood School. He spoke to the students virtually about success
2: you got
17: to have a fire in your belt to be successful in business and you know you have to find inside that thing that motivates you but i find with the majority of successful business people they want to be better at their skill than anyone else
8: O'Farrell owns 16 mcdonald's restaurants in the jackson and columbus tupelo areas
0: This is the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to JT Show Super Talk. Gerard and Rhino, Representative Trey Lamar is our guest. So, Trey, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to finish your thoughts about uh, where you think this Initiative 65 lawsuit is going. Please continue, sir.
16: Yeah, Gerard. Uh, Well, it's going to be very interesting to see how the the court rules, because there are some very – you know, I think good legal arguments are really on both sides of the case. So it'll be interesting to see how they, how it comes down. But what I was saying before we had to go to break was that the people of the state uh, really would be wise to, to think um, if if this is a, a good process going forward. You know, the Constitution is a sacred document, and in 1992, when this process was um, was instituted, uh, it was thought to be very difficult to uh, obtain um, the necessary signatures in each congressional district across the state in 1992 uh, I dare say the internet was even uh, commercially viable it was still probably in its infant stages much less did we feel did we know that uh, everybody would have you know emails and apps in walking around in their pocket where you can get it's uh, that easy these days. Uh, and so, what that has allowed for is an environment where anybody who has a special interest that's important to their industry can uh, make up a, a cute moniker uh, like, Are you for compassionate care? Um, you know, that's a That's what we heard last year with Initiative 65, and who's not for compassionate care? Uh, But I would dare say that the vast majority, I I would dare say that 90% plus, 90% is probably low, of all the people that voted for medical marijuana last year, never read the seven pages worth of language that was actually going to be inserted into our Constitution. Uh, And so the people of this state will be wise to, to ask themselves, is this the way... Uh, we want our Constitution to allow it to be amended because um, the next thing, you, you, we already know you're going to have Medicaid expansion coming forward. Um, there's been talks of wine and grocery stores uh, using the initiative process, and you've got to think at some point in time is, our, is, is the sacred document, which is our state Constitution, which is supposed to guarantee certain basic rights uh, and, and set forth the, uh, the framework of our state government, is it the place to have to regulate wine and grocery stores and marijuana and the place to debate or, or to insert medic, the right to Medicaid expansion in this state? Uh, you know, certainly my field is, is the legal field, but you don't have to be a lawyer or a judge to, to understand, um, you know, the common sense of that it is probably not a good thing, uh, you know, for those types of issues that are, Trivial in nature, um, in some respects, or at least uh, arguably, are trivial. um, Then, are those the place? Is the Constitution the place for that? Uh, So, uh, you know, certainly somebody would say, "Well, you know, Medicaid uh, healthcare is not trivial. No, healthcare is not trivial." um, But that is an issue that changes. It's it's here one minute and it's gone the next. uh, And in fifty years from now, your Constitution is still going to control. Um, the laws of the state. Uh, what, if, what if we need to change? Uh, what if Medicaid passes and we need to change it? What if medical marijuana is shown 10 years from now to have harmful effects? You can't just go change the Constitution easily. It doesn't happen that way. And so those are some of the very real, I believe, unintended consequences of allowing this initiative process uh, to continue the way it is. Um, and regardless of how the Mississippi Supreme Court rules, I believe that's an issue that, that all of us as citizens need to uh, need to think very, very seriously about going forward.
1: So as it stands now, correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, Trey, but if once something is inserted and an amendment is added to the Constitution, the only way to change it is to go back to the polls with a ballot that could be referred... To the, to the ballot measure could by the legislature, or it could be initiated by the citizens. But either way, correct, it's got to go back to the ballot box for the citizens to vote on to amend it. That's exactly right. Okay. I, so That's the, exactly me, meaning right. the legislature can't say, well, that amendment to the Constitution needs to be tuned to tweak, say it's Medicaid expansion. There, there's some, I don't know, technical issue or something there. And the legislature uh, can't just... Uh, enact legislation to make that change. Once it's inserted in the Constitution, our only mechanism for changing it is to go back to the people at the ballot box.
16: Not at all. That's exactly right. You And in, in the vast majority of people don't understand that. And, and I don't blame them. Uh, you know, most people don't um, fully understand the difference between, you know, statutory and constitutional yeah. law. Yeah. Um, you know, but you can you can have a do just a little bit of research and, and understand that that the Constitution is um, is not a statute and it's just not the place for a lot of these uh, special interest uh, items that are coming before us right now.
1: So to those uh, that would say, who would say, well, the problem is the legislature didn't act, didn't act on Medicaid expansion, didn't didn't <clears throat> act on medical marijuana, I don't know, didn't act on. Um, let's see, something else that Michael Watson was talking about on the show the other day. Uh, recreational marijuana, right, is is scheduled to get yeah. on the on uh, the ballot um, as a ballot measure. Uh, so, and I think, I want to say term limits, maybe, Rhino, do you remember that? I think term limits was among those issues as well. So to those who say, well, the legislature's not acting on this, and so... We got to go to the ballot to the people and show them the people want this, and we're going to. Unfortunately, in my view, that means it gets inserted in the constitution. How would you respond to that?
16: Yeah, what I would tell those people is, what you really, if you believe that way, and certainly I understand the frustration. You know, this the legislature is not Trey Lamar down there making decisions. It's one hundred and seventy-four people, yeah, uh, and people need to understand. But if you if you really have a problem with that, then what you have a problem with. Is our our republic form of government that our founders set up? Okay, we're not a pure democracy where everybody votes on everything. It's yeah. not the way our government was founded. That's not that's not the government that is enshrined in our constitution. We are a uh, a republic where you the people elect people to represent them, and just because a measure is difficult to get passed, does not justify overturning the system of government that has worked for, um, at this point in time, well over 100 years.
1: Yeah, got you. So would you be in favor, would you support the notion of uh, just correcting this technical issue with respect to harvesting signatures so that it aligns with our, our our congressional districts? I mean, presently it doesn't. Would you be in favor of that? That's something that can be done and would be done by the legislature statutorily, right?
16: yeah it it could be that's right and and should be i would also support an effort to uh, and, and think we need to have conversations about whether or not we want our constitution to be amended in this manner at all yeah. um, you know i think it would be more palatable and better policy if we had an initiative process that allowed citizens to still have a vote but have the have their issue put into a statutory law, right? You know, um, I think that would be more palatable. Well, that way you don't have something as, as silly as wine and grocery stores ending up in your Constitution.
1: Yeah, and, and we've talked about that on the program because that we have often discussed some of the, the, uh, the measures in the other states, which do have that mechanism, which do have that capability. And I was a little surprised just in, in doing some research through ballot opedia. Uh, that gets into the details of all these these ballot measures not only um across the at the, the national level I should say but across the individual states. It was a number of measures this past November, for example, that were on the ballot in the various yeah. states. That don't necessarily amend the Constitution, but these states such as California, you're always seeing you know mm-hmm. citizen-initiated ballot uh, measures uh, right. before them at the at the polls mm-hmm. that just establish or modify law and statute rather than the Constitution. So, if I'm if I'm hearing you correctly, you would support at least discussing that, right?
16: I think so. You know, I, I believe there is some some valid. Uh, points to be made uh, for uh, the the citizenry, uh, which, you know, I'm a citizen legislator, I'm I'm one of those, to be able to hold their legislature uh, accountable. In other words, if the legislature just refuses to act on an issue, and it's been 20 years, you know, let the citizens have a vote and and let them come out and vote for something 75 80%. Uh, and show the legislature, hey, look, we want this. Uh, hold, I'm holding you accountable. Look at the votes. And if you don't do this, you know, we're going to vote your butt out of office.
20: Yeah. Um,
16: I think that's a very valid, uh, you know, uh, process that could exist without tinkering with uh, and, and inserting these, these uh, you know, these less than, um, some of these issues just aren't aren't constitutional worthy, and they yeah. don't
1: need I hear to you. be in our constitution. I hear you. It's it's constitution statute are different, and, and they should be. Uh, yeah. I guess uh, managed differently is really probably the best word to say. Uh, Representative Lamar, I really appreciate you joining mm-hmm. us on the program today. Thanks for taking time out of your day to stay with us three segments. Really appreciate that.
16: Thank you, Gerard. Enjoyed it always, and uh, y'all y'all hold down the fort in Jackson.
1: You got it, yes sir. We'll be right back after a break here on the JT Show. Stay with us.
15: This is the Midday market Report. A developmental new corn variety from Bayer is tolerant to five herbicides and undergoing regulatory review. USDA is considering how to regulate Bayer's developmental five-way herbicide-tolerant corn trait, which will ultimately tolerate in-season applications of 2, 4-D, Dacamba, Glufosinate, Glyphosate, and Quizolip. USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service received a petition from Monsanto, which is now a legal entity owned by Bayer, to deregulate the new GM corn trait, called MON 87429 last spring so the company can use it for hybrid seed production. After reviewing comments from the public, the agency announced its next step this week, and that is the launch of an environmental impact review for the new trait. I'm Dixon Williams, and this
0: clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today.
14: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to the Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson. Show
0: with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. Show me that smile,
16: show
20: me that smile.
16: Don't waste enough.
1: Concerts are back and Sticks and Collective Soul are coming. Tell us about it, Rhino.
3: Oh, yeah, June 20th. Legendary rock group Sticks and Collective Soul will be playing at the Brandon Amphitheater in Brandon. Tickets for the show will go on sale this Friday. That's tomorrow at 10 a.m. on Ticketmaster.com and at the Brandon Amphitheater box office. But you got a chance to win tickets before you can even get your hands on them with money. Now's your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Sticks and Collective Soul before you can buy them. So be the third person to text into the C Spire text line. That number is 601-879-4395. Again, the number to the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Text in the key phrase to win a pair of tickets. The key phrase today is... Come Sail Away. Be listening to the show tomorrow for your chance to win tickets to see Sticks and Collective Soul at the Brandon Amphitheater on June 20th.
1: Yet another great stick song. Come Sail Away. Yeah, man. So, uh, lots of texts here on the C Spire text line. Appreciate everyone listening and weighing in. 601-879-4395. If you want to join the conversation... Going to try to catch up a little bit here. So just, just left Kroger in Madison, all of the elderly not wearing masks, a lot of, excuse me, a lot of elderly not wearing masks inside, which is refreshing. I'm surprised to hear that. I went day before yesterday, and I noticed I was like the only person not wearing a mask, even though it is a Kroger national rule, because that is a national company. It's a large corporation. They're somewhat lenient, uh, I've found. They weren't. A few months ago, but they are now. So nobody said a word, which is good. Uh, appreciate you sending that in. Uh, sort of glad to hear that. Let me see if I can scroll back here and get to a few uh, more. So, uh, let's see. Uh, sorry, Nancy needs a big mask to cover her ugly mother face. Come on now, come on, man. <laughs> CJ from Madison says on YouTube it was all dislikes. Couldn't find one positive upvote that would be on the um, video of Biden's speech, I believe. Interesting. They if, do- you,
3: if you tuned into the official White House stream, it was like watching pop-up video. Oh, they were
6: annotating they, they would, it.
3: They would add little slides with little quotes from
1: different <laughs> people he was talking about or their department. I'm glad I didn't do <laughs> that one. Pop-up video. <laughs> So he did say something that did catch many folks' attention, did Joe Biden, at what he considers to be a, a paramount problem facing our nation. You got that sound right now? Working on it. Oh, no problem. So anyhow, I, I was a little shocked he said that. I'm Frankly, I'm tired of hearing it. I think most people are. And that is the reason that uh, Senator Scott was uh, so emphatic about... We
0: won't ignore what our intelligence go. agency have determined to be the most lethal terrorist threat to the homeland today. White supremacy is terrorism.
1: Oh, of course.
0: We're not going to ignore that either.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. That's number one. They're, they're blowing up the place everywhere. It, I'm tired of it. So who are you to believe Joe Biden, or Senator Tim Scott, a black man, who freely admitted, I have been discriminated against, but it was a long time ago, and we're past that. And that, that does it mean that no discrimination exists in this country whatsoever? But, golly, has it not crossed the line? Should not we seek a healthy center point, like Tulsi Gabbard says? Where we see people through the lens of love and, and with respect for them as humans, rather than through this prism of race. That's what she said. I think she stated it accurately and eloquently. But, and, and Joe at the end tried to be upbeat and talk about how don't count America out and our best days are ahead. I agree. I, I absolutely agree. This is an incredibly resilient, opportunistic, fabulous country. I love it. And he tried to make it sound like after an hour of how bad everything is, and this is what we're going to do to fix it, which has really uh, transformed the country into a gigantic welfare state. But at the same time, you've got schools teaching kids to hate the country. And to apologize for their race and to see everybody else as different. That's not the best way, in my view, to build a team and to make them achieve their fullest potential. By the way, the country you live in is irredeemably racist and wicked and evil, terrible. Oh, yeah, I really feel good about getting after it now. Don't they get that? They need some motivational training. Ditch all that stupid CRT crap. Let's get some motivational training. Here's how great you can be. That's what Tim Scott said. It's time to take a break here on the JT Show, but coming up after the break, I think we've got our good friend Grant Callen, CEO of Empower.
0: Stay with us. We are- you're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros,
18: 601-345-8090. I'm Malia Mood the day after President Biden makes his first address to a joint session of Congress. His predecessor weighs in on the call for a plan to invest trillions.
0: Opening doors of opportunity, guaranteeing some more fairness and justice.
18: That's the essence of America. Former President Trump on Fox's Mar- mornings with Maria blasting the idea of raising taxes for the plan. Also something he says the president left out. A surge of migrants coming across the southern border.
2: They're pouring into our country.
18: President Biden did mention immigration in his address saying the U.S. must solve the root causes of mass migration. The former president also touted his immigration policies including the Remain in Mexico rule. Fox's Rachel Sutherland and a group of Midwestern farmers suing the federal government alleging they can't participate in a covid loan forgiveness program because they're white america's listening to fox news
11: as locals ads security is committed to keeping the community safe we're the same great company same local office with
10: the same local service you've counted on for years visit us in gluckstadt ads security
9: 601-898-3105 call
11: today be
10: sure to tune in every saturday morning from 10 until noon for the handyman show brought to you locally in part by mid-south crawlspace solutions protecting your home from structural damage cracks humidity mold and more that's mid-south crawlspace solutions of mississippi
6: i'm
8: kelly bennett and you're listening to Super Talk mississippi news Mississippi Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith was there for President Biden's address last night. She believes he's setting a misguided course to expand federal government intrusion into American lives.
6: I do not believe a radical, big spending, big government agenda will unify a nation working to rebuild from the pandemic.
8: The Department of Health has lifted its pause on the distribution of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. State Health Officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs says the risk of developing the blood clot investigated by the CDC is extremely rare.
10: It's about 1.9 per million, and I would like to compare that with the rate of death from people diagnosed with coronavirus in the age group of 25 to 39. And within that age group, the risk of death is 1.9 per 1,000.
8: The state has around 40,000 doses of the one dose vaccine ready to distribute. I'm Kelly Bennett.
12: Free up your time. With steel, you can spend less time working on your yard and more time doing the things you love. Not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot, steel is only available through our 10,000 local steel dealers. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. Lowe's and the Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Get big league performance in your backyard with steel battery tools. From mowers to trimmers, our AK Homeowner Series starts at just $199.99. Steel is not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot. Pick up at over 10,000 local dealers. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. All prices MSRP. Available for participating dealers, Lowe's and Home Depot, or trademarks of their respective companies.
8: His name is Buddy, and last week the pup was found severely burned in Tate County. Sheriff Brad Lance says a juvenile has confessed to purposely injuring the dog. Lance said due to the age of the child, criminal charges can't be filed. While this terrible act is a felony crime punishable by up to three years in prison, he said under Mississippi law no person under the age of 12 can be charged with a crime. We hear plenty of stories about tax hikes and overinflated infrastructure bills, but there was once a man who not only advocated for, but helped reduce what our nation spends on defense. Admiral William Owens served as vice chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff under President Clinton.
4: We cut the Navy by, I guess, 40 percent. I think it was about $600 billion total for the department of defense we cut the overall budget by over 200 billion dollars
8: owens believes as a result they wound up with a better military at 60 percent the cost and he thinks it can be done again i'm kelly bennett
15: hello i'm will noble from in mississippi i'm proud to be a catfish farmer and being selected as mississippi's catfish farmer of the year means a lot to me I pride myself in raising healthy fish for you to enjoy, and they were raised right here in America. So please, make sure you and your family are receiving the best U.S. farm-raised catfish. This message is brought to you by the Catfish Institute. For more information, visit uscatfish.com.
19: all the folks in the capital
11: city metro area love to have you join me tomorrow morning six till nine gallo show we'll start your day the informed way super talk mississippi
2: 97.3
0: welcome to real talk for real mississippians okay let's begin welcome to the jt show with gerard gibbert
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Rocking and rolling into the third hour of the program. Gerard Gibbard and Rhino in the studio on this. Friday Eve. And now joining us, the CEO of Empower Mississippi, Mr. Grant Callan. Afternoon, Grant. Hello. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, wanted to get you in to talk to us a little bit about the fine work that is being done by your organization been around since 2014 now. That's full, right. Full disclosure, and the, and the audience knows this. I've been affiliated uh, as a board member of the organization now since the inception, uh, proudly and and honorably. Uh, it really has been fun, and I think I think we're making a difference is what I believe in the state of Mississippi, and I think we're advocating for uh, really uh, fantastic policy that is is positively affecting the lives of Mississippians, and one recent accomplishment, legislative accomplishment, certainly this past year, was uh, SB 2795. The governor just signed that, and I think it's fair to say we weren't sure if the governor was going to sign that one. It was was, uh, not really um, fully understood, his position there. And Obviously, as the governor, on on some sort of um, controversial, sometimes anything dealing with uh, criminal justice and law enforcement, always controversial. And and uh, this one, I think you could say, probably fit into that category. This one affected parole specifically, parole reform and incarceration. But the governor did ultimately sign it, yeah. so it's now built. So uh, a a law I should say. You want to give us a quick rundown of exactly what yeah. uh, that means.
9: Well, and let me start by saying we're proud to have you on the board. Well, thank you. We we appreciate we're, we're appreciate, appreciate your service and uh our board is Mississippians and Mississippians from different parts of the state. Yep. Um yeah, so we were pretty excited about this bill. This is a significant step in the right direction. As you know, we have three areas of policy focus, education, work, and justice, and one of the reasons justice is so important is because it's such a it's such a foundational American thing that we have justice for all. And it's critically important that our system of justice treats everybody fairly and that we um, we punish at times where there's where it's needed, that we keep our community safe. Public safety has to be paramount, yep. but that the, the punishment fits the crime. And so this is. Initiative. This this parole reform bill, Senate Bill twenty seven ninety five, was brought forth, uh, be, and it really arose out of the problems with our justice system. We're the second highest incarcerated state in the country, which just means, as a percentage of our population, we've got more people behind bars than any state but Louisiana. Right. And um, this bill was needed because two thirds of the people currently behind bars are not eligible for parole, and a lot of states, uh, often Republican states like Texas and Tennessee and um, Alabama have figured out sometimes these sentences are too long and too harsh. And so this bill would allow about 2,000 inmates that were previously not eligible for parole to be made eligible. Now, it's important. Eligible for parole does not mean automatic release. Right. It simply means the parole board gets to look at their situation and make a decision about are they a public safety threat or not. And, you know, a, a sizable percentage of the people that come before them, they look at and go, yeah, I don't think they're ready to get out. Yeah. But for people, particularly nonviolent, who have served a long term, this bill would give them the opportunity to go before the parole board and see if they're ready for a second chance, which is really – in the interest of all of us, because taxpayers have to pay to house and care for somebody if they're behind bars, we'd rather them be a productive citizen working as long as we keep our community safe.
1: Yeah, it's expensive, and, uh, and, and plus our prisons are overcrowded and, and understaffed, and so it just seems to, to make sense. And let's just be clear about that again, and, and you uh, perfectly stated it, Grant, is that this does not trigger automatic release. This does not change the sentencing. It simply allows the uh, possibility of parole, but the, that is at the discretion of the parole board. That is their function in the system. So how many are you on the parole board? Exactly. You know?
9: So I think there are five. five. That's a good question. I, remember, yeah. um, I had the opportunity to uh, interview a couple of the parole board members recently, and learn more about how they do their work and really this is a it's a rigorous thorough process where uh each case comes before them individually they're not making decisions uh with a broad brush strokes they're looking at each case individually they're looking at um basically you know what was their crime in the first place how long have they served what kind of an inmate have they been? Have they been a, a, a model citizen while they've been behind bars? Are they taking steps to be re- rehabilitated? Have they taken advantage of educational opportunities and job training opportunities? And then one of the things I didn't realize until this conversation is how much they look into whether they um, have a plan for when they come out. Hmm. Where are they going to stay? Yeah. What kind of jobs are they going to be looking for? And there's a recognition – that one of the uh, most important things we can do to keep somebody from committing another crime is make sure they get plugged into a job. Yeah.
1: And, so, and that's, that's part of the, the process and, and part of policies for which the organization has advocated. Uh, we, we should also point out that there are some situations, right, under present law where a nonviolent offender, absent this recently passed legislation, could be incarcerated for life without an opportunity for parole. I mean, that was
9: the central problem, right? We're talking Correct. about a nonviolent offender here. Correct. So in some cases, the way that has happened is because of our habitual enhancements. And that this law didn't actually fix that. There's still more work to be done on that front. Okay. But uh, the habitual enhancement is Mississippi's three strikes policy. And so, again, the challenge here is somebody who has already served their time. Um, And because this is not their first offense, um, there were a couple of situations where uh, somebody – a gentleman named James Vardaman, who literally was caught with – I think it was six boxes of Sudafed, got a life sentence for the rest of his life without the possibility of parole because it was his third offense. Mm -hmm. He's already paid his debt to society for his two priors, but because this was his third – He went away for life. So part of this is recognizing that we have a drug problem, and we've got to be able to distinguish between people who simply have an addiction issue and somebody who is a hardened criminal. And if you take somebody who's really a good citizen um, who has an addiction issue and you throw them behind bars for a decade or two and you put them shoulder to shoulder with people that are hardened criminals – they're not coming out better. They're coming out worse. And so there's there's many facets to this challenge, but we've got to make a distinction between people that are truly a threat, truly dangerous to society, and those that aren't. And that's what we rely on the parole system for on the parole exactly. board. So, this just gave them another tool because they couldn't review the cases of people that weren't even parole eligible. Yeah, never come before. That's right. So, this allows a new category, a number of new categories to come before them and give the opportunity of a second chance if the parole board deems that they're not a threat.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about uh, a couple of the other uh, areas that are within the Empower mission. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's start with work. So yep. that's kind of a new one for us. We started out with education. That was our primary focus. And then we moved and added uh, criminal justice reform. And, and CJR uh, is one of those things that um, is broadly defined, shall we say. I don't know that there's any consistent terminology or consistent definition for it, but uh, we've discussed that. Let's talk about work. What yep. are we doing there?
9: Well, and how these all fit together for us is simple. Okay. everybody in the state needs the opportunity to have a great education so that they can find meaningful work and so that they stay out of the justice system. And the work piece is really a critical component. It's critical that you get plugged into work, not just because people need to be able to provide for their family and get a paycheck, but work provides so much meaning and purpose and reason to get out of bed. And um, it's needed when you get out of school, but it's also critically needed for people when you're coming out of prison to get plugged back in, as we've talked about. So yeah. our work effort is really about two global metrics that we're looking at. The first one is our workforce participation rate. Once again, we're the second worst in the nation, this time behind West Virginia, in terms of the percentage of people that are in the workforce. Hold
1: your thought. We got a break right here. I want you to come back and finish the discussion of work, and then we'll talk about education. We'll talk about a pretty cool event coming up too. Right? Sounds great. Yep. Stay with us. We've got Grant Callen, the CEO of Empower Mississippi. We'll be right back.
7: Does your body hurt?
10: Have you tried unsuccessful treatments for plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, shoulder pain, or IT band? Acoustic Wave Treatment Center offers an affordable non-surgical solution through Acoustic Wave Therapy. The beneficial effects of Acoustic Wave Therapy are often experienced after only one or two treatments. The therapy eliminates pain and restores mobility, improving your quality of life. Call today to schedule your appointment, 601-944-5585, or go to Acoustic Wave MS. We think
11: diamond prices in most jewelry stores are downright scary.
20: That's why at Junikers, we're
0: doing something about it. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, May 6, 7th, and 8th, you can buy directly from the Diamond Cutter. It's the Diamond Expo at Juniker Jewelry Company. Our Diamond
11: Cutter is flying in with millions in certified diamonds. Fresh production, every size, shape, and price range. It's the Diamond Expo.
8: Three-quarter carat diamonds for less than $1,650. One carat for under 2000 dollars And two carat diamonds for only $5,500. Plus, qualified buyers get up to 12 months financing. Interest free. Guys, this is how you buy a diamond. The Diamond Expo. Save hundreds,
11: even thousands, directly from our cutters. Three days only. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, May 6th, 7th, and 8th. Don't you dare miss it. I'll be here to shake your hand.
0: Juniker Jewelry, Mississippi's Direct Diamond Importer. 1485 Highland Colony Parkway, just south of 463 in Madison, and dot com
17: Hi, this is Mark Shapley of MM Shapley Steakhouse. This past year we were fortunate to see many new faces and reacquaint with old friends, and I believe I know why. Being from the Mississippi Delta, we learned how to entertain while creating a comfortable home environment, and that's MM Shapley Specialty. MM Shapley's is your place for award-winning steaks and homemade tamales. M.M. Shapley's, real, authentic, welcoming, fine dining. For reservations, visit mmshapleys.com or call 601-957-8000. This is JT. If you
15: like me, you like to deal with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954, and they're
10: headquartered in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks, 1-800-647-8540, or on the web, majesticmetalsinc.com.
11: Special invitation to join us weekday morning, six to nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point three. The
0: switches are thrown. The signals are given. This is the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. Who is it? All dark strangers there. Maverick is the name. Riding
5: the trail to who knows where, luck is his companion, gambling is his game. Is
1: of the oh, Maverick. That's the original Maverick, not to be confused with the Top Gun Maverick.
3: Correct. Or the uh, the remake starring Mel Gibson.
9: Oh, yeah, exactly. But there's some good music on the Top Gun Mad- Maverick, oh, too. Oh, boy. Oh, there's they're...
1: good
3: music on the Maverick movie soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Renegades, Rebels, and Rogues. Yeah. The yeah. Amazing Grace, to with all of the cast singing it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I should have been a photographer, Mav. I remember when they're upside down. We were inverted. We were in, because we were inverted. Uh, We've got Grant Callan, the CEO of Empower Mississippi. So, Grant, we were just talking about work and the importance of work. I I wanted to just weigh in the labor participation rate. That is, uh, it it appears to be the metric that that, uh, gets the attention of the lieutenant governor.
9: Yeah, no doubt. More than any
1: other economic metric, he's totally focused on that.
9: And I think that is really wise. He has focused on that because it's a a quality of life thing. Like, how do we pull a greater percentage of our people into the workforce? Not just so that we got more people paying taxes and pulling the wagon. It's so that we got – more people feeling the the quality of life effects of having a job, yeah. and it's 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 sizable, and so yeah, that's that's the one that we focus the most on as well. The second metric is wages, so we want more people working, and we want more people making more money, and you know we have the lowest wages in the country, the lowest per capita income yeah. in the country, actually by a long
1: shot. We're fiftieth behind forty ninth West Virginia. We're way back, and it's there. a big gap. It's, it's not like oh, just real close here. Yeah. We're going to eat no. Since they've been since this that statistic has been published and and uh, tracked since
9: 1929, we've been 50th every single year. So we so we sort of take if those are the goals, then we look at from a legislative agenda strategy what are the things that both remove barriers to work and create enough growth in our state's economy that are going to pull people in. Yeah, and so that's really the two categories of legislation we worked on this year. Um, We're looking at what are the barriers that keep people from working, and in some cases, those are occupational licensing barriers. So we are not 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 a proponent of elimination of all occupational licenses. I'd like my heart surgeon to have a license. I'd like uh, you know lawyers probably need a license. CPAs, you know, like but like there are some fields that may not, and if and if they do need a license, we shouldn't make it such a tremendous time and financial uh, hurdle to get into the field. And so there were some things that were done this year that I'm really proud of. One of those is a bill that, that allowed for universal reciprocity. Um, it basically just said, Hey, if you've got a license to do your trade in another state and you move here, we'll accept that license and you can go to work immediately. Right. And so it keeps you from having to, you know, if you cut hair, and you do it in Alabama, and you move across the line, you don't have to go through two thousand hours of cosmetology training. You know how to do your job. You shouldn't need the the state's permission to now do that job here. This just says we want to be friendly to people moving in, and we'll accept your license from another state. So that was a that was a, a win. That's a win. win. It was yeah. a, a Speaker Philip Gunn introduced that bill. Yeah, um, proud of it. And um, you know, while while I'm on that subject, he also introduced another bill we were really proud of which fits into that second piece of work which is about the elimination of the income tax. Right. And this really is about how do we create growth and attract capital so that Mississippi becomes a place where people want to move to work. And so, uh, you know, our our approach is when you look at the other states in the country, there are nine other states that do not have an income tax and uh, generally, those states are doing so much better, and you can point to some of the reasons that have to do with the the income tax. And so, um, I think the the speaker, to his credit, introduced a good bill that started the conversation that really said, "Here's how we would do it." Um, you know, the governor has been an advocate for this for a long time, um, and he's got a little bit of a different approach to it. At least he has in the past. So. We kind of thought it would be a multi-year effort. What ended up happening was this bill was introduced. It passed the House. It didn't get through the Senate. um, But I think there's real appetite for it, and we've just got to find the right structure and the right mix to fund the legitimate functions of government but also – Transition away from an income tax.
1: Well, we just had Representative Trey Lamar on and discussed it at length with him, and and he said the same. He also said he expected it to be a multi-year effort. Yep. And and so uh, I'll share this with you, Grant, and you and I have talked about this. There are many, I think, uh, in the state that believe that in power Uh, did some analysis and produced a white paper and went down there one day and met with the speaker and said, hey, we ought to do this, And uh, like, you know, right before the session started, which that's not true whatsoever. It is true that Empower has published some analyses, certainly, of the impact of of, uh, tax reform in this regard, but this is something the speaker's been talking. I personally witnessed him talking about
9: this for at least four or five years. This isn't new, and it's same is true with the governor. Yeah, there's no doubt. We we knew this co- this debate and this conversation was coming, and so we started last fall putting together a report that we released actually after the speaker's bill came out. Right, um, that did it. it took uh, two national economists and our president Russ Latino contributed, and. Did a a modeling because we wanted to see, OK, if we did this from an economic standpoint, what would this do, do to our revenue? Right. And it provided some real uh, powerful evidence to show that not only could we still fund government, but this would increase revenue and we'd see a lot of growth in our private sector. Yeah. Which is really what we need. I mean, if you look around the South, you know, the census stuff just came out. We're the only state in the South that is losing population. Right and one of 3 in the nation one of 3 in the nation and our sister states around the corner i mean you've got uh, cities that are that are booming right and we don't have that and so exactly. this is one of those things that would make us more competitive with states like texas and tennessee and florida and become a place where you would uh, would help attract capital here yeah
1: you know unfortunately when you're when you're on the bottom and you're trying to ascend the the ladder there sometimes you got to be more competitive if yeah. you know what i'm saying to get folks attention until you get to the point where, you know, we kind of normalize. But at this point, we we got to do everything we can to um, sort of poke our chest out and make our state the most attractive relative to the other states. Because business decisions, economic development projects, they're
9: making those decisions every day. And often we're losing because of that. There them. is so. no doubt. And, and let's be a state that says work matters. Yeah. And, you know, it's if you tax something it's a disincentive to it whatever that thing is right so it just makes sense to tax consumption as much as possible instead of work because we want more people working and we don't want to create a disincentive for that
1: and and that approach frankly has has been uh, ingrained conservative policy for some time. This isn't something new, right? That was just dreamed up here in Mississippi and and uh, certainly in our organization or down at the legislature. The the concept of of taxing consumption versus taxing income has been around for decades. And, well, and, and
9: the, the speaker had an event, uh, a virtual event with uh, Art Laffer who right. helped pioneer a, a lot of this idea <laughs> we had Steve Moore on for a conversation about it so yeah. some of the leading national free market conservative thinkers have long championed that income taxes are not the best way to fund your government
1: yeah exactly all right uh, got a couple of minutes left here tell us about the event we got coming up in june right yeah, yeah. so
9: in june we're having a policy summit in Jackson called Unleash Mississippi and the idea is coming out of uh, a global pandemic and the challenges we've had uh, you know nationally but also in Mississippi that it's time to look at each of these areas that we focus on education work and justice and both celebrate the progress we've made but let's have a conversation around what are the most innovative things we could do that you just mentioned that not just try to keep up with our, our our neighboring states, but really leapfrog them in terms of doing innovative things that free up our people to help everybody rise? And so we're going to bring in policy experts from across the country for a half-day policy summit, and I'm going to be looking at those three issues. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a great conversation, and we're going to be talking about what are the things we need to do in education to make Mississippi more competitive, to make sure we not just produce kids that are good at taking tests, but that are are lifelong learners and have the skills they need to succeed in life? Absolutely. Date, time, and place for yeah, the Yeah, it's summit. going to be June the 8th, and it's going to be at the Civil Rights Museum. In Jackson, Ought to be really cool looking for it. It's the first one we've done. Like That's correct. I, yeah. And this is going to be an annual deal, right? That's the plan. <laughs> that sounds great. Putting you on the spot there. <laughs> you get more information at our website, empowerms.org. Appreciate it.
1: Always a pleasure having you in, Grant. Thanks so much. Thank you, Gerard. We'll take a break right here. We'll come back.
7: the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center. I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, partly cloudy, high near 86. Tonight, a 50-50 chance of rain. Mostly cloudy, low around 64. Your finally Friday, a 40% chance of rain. High near 74. Friday evening, a 20% chance of showers. Low around 56. And for your Saturday, partly sunny. High near 79. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction. Online at NoDripMS.com. that's I'm
8: Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Mississippi Senator Cindy Hyde Smith was there for President Biden's address last night. She believes he's setting a misguided course to expand federal government intrusion into American lives.
6: I do not believe a radical, big spending, big government agenda will unify a nation working to rebuild from the pandemic.
8: The Department of Health has lifted its pause on the distribution of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. State Health Officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs says the risk of developing the blood clot investigated by the CDC is extremely rare.
10: It's about 1.9 per million. And I would like to compare that with the rate of death from people diagnosed with coronavirus in the age group of 25 to 39. And within that age group, the risk of death is 1.9 per
8: 1,000. The state has around 40,000 doses of the one-dose vaccine ready to distribute. I'm Kelly Bennett.
0: You're hearing the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Now, now on to the real part. Mike On Supertalk Mississippi.
2: I have a new hobby. I am collecting stories that I can actually prove are told among the Russian people. They make them up themselves. They tell them between themselves. Reveals they've got a great sense of humor. And they've also got a little cynical attitude about things in their country. The story was an American and a Russian arguing about their two countries. And the American said, look, in my country I can walk into the Oval Office, I can pound the President's desk and say, Mr. President, I don't like the way you're running our country. And the Russian said, I can do that. The American said, you can? He says, yes, I can go into the Kremlin, to the General Secretary's office, pound his desk and say, Mr. General Secretary, I don't like the way President Reagan's running his country.
1: In space. Danger Will Robinson. Danger. Danger. <laughs> you ninny. <laughs> There's uh, somewhere you can go look up all the famous Dr. Smith quotes, all the uh, <laughs> language he used to describe the robot, usually with alliteration. You see that? <laughs> There's a whole Wikipedia. I told you. <laughs> adult amateur.
3: Blithering bumpkin.
1: That's it, you blithering bumpkin.
3: Cumbersome clod.
1: I used to have fun when Harry Reid was uh, Senate Majority Leader, the senator from Nevada. He looked just like Dr. Smith. Look at him side by side.
3: Sanctimonious scatterbrain.
1: (laughs) He said, "In the way he delivered it, was so great." You sanctimonious scatterbrain,
3: <laughs> tiresome thesaurus.
1: <laughs> it was great,
3: great writing, Doctor Smith. Oh, good man! Wow, what a word, tentabulating, <laughs> a tentabulating tin can.
1: <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> I used to call him Harry, Doctor Smith from Lost in Space. Reed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We got lots of texts rolling in. Sorry I didn't get them all today. Ryan and Madison wants to know, who paid for the legal fees associated with a lawsuit the mayor of Madison filed against Initiative 65? Honestly, I don't know. I would assume the city uh, bore those costs, but I'm not sure. It's a good question. We might see what we can figure out. Uh, David said, best show ever. Appreciate that, David, on the ceasefire park text line. I'm honestly surprised there's not a ballot initiative to get rid of dry counties. There was some legislation that passed in, was it 20 or maybe the year before? Do you remember that, Rhino? I think that made all counties wet. Did it pass? But would require, um, I guess, municipalities, counties, what have you, to go to the to, um, yeah, that was it. the
3: last legislative session, not this year, but twenty twenty legislative session. Okay. Yeah. I want to say House Bill ten eighty, I'm
1: getting close to ten eighty seven, maybe? That sounds that actually does sound familiar. But as I recall, the what it did is it essentially made every county wet and a county or municipality. Could overturn that and become dry it was 1087 okay great great memory but they'd have to do something to they'd have to act on that Have to do do um, uh, something proactive not reactive so
3: yeah the language states however from and after January 1 2021 prohibition is renounced as to the possession of alcoholic beverages it shall thereafter be lawful to possess alcoholic beverages throughout the state unless otherwise prohibited in this chapter
1: yeah so I think that's done. Uh, Rusty from Greenville, he he made a comment about the, the story I shared about an elderly gentleman that approached a four-year-old about not wearing a mask. And he said, someone jack up my kid or child in my presence, and the next thing they're going to see is a paramedic asking, how many fingers do you see? Well, don't get violent there, Rusty. Just make sure your child is protected. I hear you, though, man. It's it was inappropriate. It's crazy. Um, let's see. There were some other comments. Oh yeah, I'm talking about Representative Lamar and his position on medical marijuana. This is on the Ceasefire Text Line. He is apparently not for medical marijuana. It would never pass the Mississippi Legislature. That was the impetus for the initiative in Mississippi. You know, that's. Uh, Logical speculation? Not sure, honestly. I think things are a little different now. The one thing I failed to ask the representative, and I apologize for this, is does he see the possibility of a special session? Let's say the Supreme Court strikes it down. Now, the governor has to call a special session. The legislature can't. I was just uh, curious as to what his thoughts were about that, whether or not he thinks that is a possibility. At this point, I don't know, honestly. I don't know if they would call a special session to take that up, which means they uh, would, I guess, at that point have to pass something through the legislature to get it done, if uh, exped- expeditiously. Otherwise, you'd have to change the laws, the the ballot measure laws, and then go back to the ballot. I think is what would have to occur. So Sue in Greenwood says, "Mr. Lawmaker, the citizens allow you; you don't allow the citizens to vote. We allow you." Uh, I think I may have missed something else she said before. It is because we are a republic. This was to Trey's comment about the, the, I guess, the ability of the people to go to the the, um, the ballot box to amend the Constitution. That's really what he was he was uh, discussing. It, and he made the point that our form of government is a republic form of government, meaning we do elect our, our leaders who then make laws. We elect lawmakers to make laws on our behalf. It is because we are a republic, says Sue in Greenwood, that we, the populace, have the right to change the Constitution if the legislature will not make the changes that need to be made or passed. And yeah, so I don't know that um, there's a requirement? I don't know this. the answer to this. I don't know that there's a requirement that the Constitution, uh, that a state, I should say, I know how it works in Mississippi, but that a state must allow the citizens to go to the ballot box to amend the Constitution. I don't know if that applies in all 50 states, if there's some sort of federal law that dictates that. I don't think so. I think think that's all controlled at the state level. So right now, in our state, that's the way it works. The legislature cannot amend the Constitution. It does require going to the ballot box. I asked that question directly of the representative, and he he concurred and explained the legislature does, in accordance with our laws, any time a measure is placed uh, on the ballot that was initiated by the citizens, the legislature does have the option, the authority to refer a competitive measure, if you will, that the citizens can vote on. That's what we just had with Initiative 65 and 65A. 65A came from the legislature. But I think what the point, in fairness, to Trey was making there is he, he doesn't he, – he thinks that some things don't belong in the Constitution. He was simply, I think – and I'm speaking on his behalf, and if I'm wrong, he'll let me know – but I think his opinion was, Rhino, uh, you heard it as well, that – that this is something that probably doesn't belong in the Constitution. He didn't think it was appropriate, talking about medical marijuana, and therefore maybe there should be some limits on what could be referred as a ballot measure. I don't know. But I did ask him if he would be open to the citizens uh, going to the ballot or using the ballot measure initiative process, I should say, to establish or amend law, statute. We've talked about that many times on the program. He sounded open to that is the impression I got. And he does think that the present situation, which has a quirky technicality with respect to the collection of signatures being being um, uh, restricted or, or should say uh, limited to no more than 20% in a district, doesn't work when you got four districts. So he said, yeah, we need to fix that. So glad, I was glad to hear that, personally. Uh, let's keep going here. Uh, Let's see, what else we got? Oh, Eric in Philadelphia. He says, I'm a black conservative Mississippi voter. I say and will tell everyone that BLM is a terrorist organization just as bad as the old KKK. I I agree, and thank you for that, Eric. And I think folks are starting to get uh, an understanding of that and to get that uh, that there's a lot of duplicity going on there, especially when you see the way that... One of their founders used a whole bunch of money. These corporations dumped $100 million on them last year, and she goes and takes three-plus million of it and buys herself a crib or two, one of those being in, like, an all-white neighborhood or something, right, in a a, um, gated neighborhood out there in L.A. So I don't know. Maybe the school needs motivational Matt to speak to them. That way they won't end up living in a van down by the river. (laughs) <laughs> Remember that Saturday night motivational live? speaker. <laughs> That's right. He also said, "This is Jacob from Columbus, by the way." Says I'd vote for Tim Scott and Tim Scott for president. Maybe Candace Owens for VP. I'm I'm with you, man. I think that'd be a hell of a combination right there. About masks, uh, T- Dave in Tylertown says I went to the Walmart, Columbia, this morning when they were open. And all the employees were wearing face diapers, but only twenty-five percent of the customers were. Appreciate that. We'll come by right back. We've got more of your text to talk about. Stay with us.
0: Are you looking for a great new career? Ace Bold and Screw is looking to hire quality folks. Ace Bold offers great benefits and has been around for 50 years. If you are looking for a great career, call Human Resources at 601-355-3448. That's 601-355-3448. G3 Services
10: is a proud VIP sponsor of The Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman, Buddy Slowick, has the answers
19: to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. This is Mississippi State Bulldog, Jake Mangum. Family is everything. On the field, at home, everywhere. When I step up to the plate, it means the world that my family is behind me every swing. That's why I love my Farm Bureau family. They've got my back no matter what. If you aren't already on the team, it's time to join Farm Bureau. Visit FabRates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com.
12: Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Arm
0: yourself with
12: everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow
0: on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. Ladies
2: and gentlemen, let's hear it, let's hear
0: it. Now, 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 back to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert and Rhino on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi.
1: was, like, terrible, that show. That was a request. (laughs) It was terrible. Oh, Schaefford in Canton says, My man has always been Colonel Allen West. Tim Scott, Allen West? Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Uh, Let's see. Rhino heard y'all talking about Minge Avenue the other day. Exit. This is from Ernestine in the 228. Left room, y'all were talking about grocery stores. Yes, Bucky's, the big convenience store, gigantic convenience store out of Texas.
3: The record holder for the world's largest convenience store.
1: Yeah, and like how many pumps at some of those dudes, like gas pumps, like gigantic. So uh, let's see here. Yeah, so that's what's happening down there, Ernestine. That's pretty cool. Jim from Ripley says, yeah, it made possession legal statewide, but not sales statewide.
3: But it was the statewide prohibition that localities were using to prohibit sales. Right. And from the map, I think it's only Benton County where there's not a place set up to get alcohol.
1: I think, yeah, and you are right. That Jim is right. I do think that is a distinction. It made possession. Right. But that would make a ballot initiative on the topic
3: of moot point. Exactly. Because it's down to the localities. Yeah. It's nothing to do with statewide
1: anymore. Which that's the way it should be. It might be let them control. I mean, and that's what the – I think that's one of the grievances from the folks that oppose the medical marijuana bill is that I I think the way it's written, not a fair – not a great deal of control is conferred to the municipalities and the localities in terms of the number of stores – not stores, but treatment centers. Isn't that what they call them? Dispensaries. Yeah, something like that. Um and so I think that's one of the that's one of the concerns, one of the complaints. Um and I I'm pretty sure that's one of the things that uh the mayor of Madison, uh, or my friend Mary Hawkins is opposes is that there's no limit. And there there's also some folks have concerns about the distance uh limitation or the the distance um, restriction that a dispensary treatment center can be located relative to a school, church, etc. There's some concerns about that. So, um, Let's see. Stanley in Lafayette, Louisiana. Marijuana law or no marijuana law, it makes no difference. You can buy pot anytime, almost anywhere. True. I do uh, And he also says, I don't like, can't control it now. I, yeah, it, I, I think that's what you're saying, but... Yeah, I've I've actually made that point before that, I mean, it's being sold on every, it's transacted and exchanged on every school campus in the state, likely, certainly at the high school level. not saying I condone or support or think that's a good thing, but I think it's just reality. Um, Mike in Gulfport, he asked a question. The attorney said her org, this is the attorney, in uh, the case brought by Mayor Mary, her org would challenge the voter ID law in court. If the Supreme Court says the suit brought, yeah, and I think is is uh, credible and strikes down the medical medical marijuana law, that's that's certainly a concern. And I think the general consensus from the legal community is that a separate suit would have to be filed in that case. That a suit. Uh, seeking to overturn voter ID and eminent domain two issues two measures that were in fact passed and approved by the citizens at the ballot and have been implemented since they were passed the present suit before the court there's no action against those it doesn't seek to overturn those so I do believe separate suits would have to be filed but I think it does make sense Mike that this would set a precedent. If the Supreme Court says that uh, it it finds in favor of the plaintiff and it overturns, strikes down the medical marijuana law on the basis of this technicality dealing with signature harvesting, yeah, I think that would open the door up for that. Whether or not there would be money, because it takes money, and uh, organization behind that, not sure. That would be sticky. That would be messy, which means... If they struck it down, we'd have to go back to the ballot, unless legislature could make statute in that case for voter ID. I'm not sure why that one went to the ballot, honestly, what the purpose of that was. But anyhow, Darren and Jackson says the statute of limitations is up on those. Not what I'm hearing from the lawyers, Darren. It seems like it should be, but I don't know. That that applies. And there are all kinds of exceptions to the statute of limitations, man. I don't
3: think a statute can limit a constitution. constitutional
1: amendment. That's different. Yeah. It usually has to do more with some sort of uh, law-breaking that occurred rather than a constitutional amendment. It's a different scenario. but. We're out of time. Didn't get a lot of time today to analyze and discuss Joe Biden's speech and Senator Tim Scott's rebuttal. We're going to focus on that some tomorrow. Thanks so much for joining us today. Stay safe. God bless everyone. We'll see you
2: tomorrow.